Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Oh, yes. We are back. Michael, in person, for the first time on a Monday podcast in a very long time. Sitting at the same darn table. Sitting at the table. Monday Night Football on. DK Metcalf just caught an 84-yard touchdown pass from uh, from Geno Smith, which he just DK Metcalf the crap out of. And let's go Tyler Lockett, baby. You know what's over under in Vegas today for receptions was three and a half? I can't wait for betting to be legal in New York because I would have bet the over so you, easily. You are, you are talking quite cocky. Was that his first catch? That was his first catch, but it's Tyler Lockett, three and a half receptions. Even in his bad games, he goes like four for 45 or something. Well, I'm telling you what, this is, it's very bold of you to be talking this confidently, knowing that we're going to release this and people are going to know right away whether uh, you lost or won that. Uh, I won. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see. Uh, uh, what up? Uh, I, I'm super glad to be doing this. It was a, it was a strange um, Sunday because our Sunday wasn't completely dedicated to football. Uh, we we watched every single game together, but we were all together also celebrating the Twins' birthday. Yep, officially yep. 26. My dad made his world famous ribs, which he marinates in teriyaki sauce for four hours. I mean, four days, four hours, four days, and then barbecues and then slathers with. Uh, like apricot jelly, it is one of the greatest things uh, on this on this earth. Truly glorious. Yeah, I'm still I'm still like feeling it because I can't really eat soy. It it, it doesn't go well with me, so I don't eat soy. And uh, there's a lot of soy in teriyaki, so I'm kind of like I'm feeling the pain today. I've been like a, in a in a funk, like a dream state. Well worth it. <laughs> well worth it. Yeah, I'd, I'd do it again. Um, but with that being said, do you know what's a dream state? You know what the, the dream is to win your fantasy championship. If you're listening to this, then you dream about winning your fantasy championship. That's just that's just how it is. It, it means that much to you. And if it means that much to you, you got to put in the work. And the best place to put in the work, the only place to put in the work, really, that is that has everything you need to dominate fantasy football is the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. The Fantasy Football by Brodo app has legitimately every single thing you need and more. Fantasy player cards, the start sit tool, which shows you matchup ratings, which I'm going to get into in a second. Player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, advanced stat. Every single advanced stat you find anywhere else is there, plus exclusive stats you can only find here. True throw value, true target value, true performance value, tried and tested stats that work, period. And, of course, our newest stat. Points a points over average that shows you how many points a team gives up, not just to the entire league, but to only the specific players that they played. How much more do they give up than the average of those players? Michael, does that make sense? Eh. It basically it'll <laughs> help to show um say the Chiefs played against AJ Brown. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf. It'll show how they performed based on their average performance. So you don't see, oh, look, the Chiefs are giving up the most points to wide receivers without any sort of context 
of what wide receivers they're playing against. It brings context to that. Right. It only counts the players that those players have played. So it takes away so much guesswork of is this really truly the thing. You know, no, no matter what, no matter what the stats say, sometimes Patrick Mahomes puts up eight points against the, the Titans. But for yeah, what you to... can control, the fantasy football by uh, the fantasy football by Brodo app is the place to get control of it. Period. And it is brought to us by our wonderful, wonderful patrons. Thank you so much for your uh, help and your support of the show. We really appreciate it. You make everything tick. You literally pay the bills. And we are able to do what we do because of you. Thank you. If you join, uh, extra podcast every single week. Access to our wonderful, amazing community. Access to playing leagues with us and against people who really care about fantasy. A lot of people play in leagues that are just like, Ugh. like this guy doesn't really care, this guy doesn't really care. This. Everyone who's going to play in this league cares about fantasy with you. They're all part of the Brodo community. And tons more, uh, including the DFS Optimizer, which, which cashed out again. Yeah, you put in the uh, DK1 lineup into a $5 double up um, with about 2,200 players, and it ended in 98th place. So clearly it cashed in a double up. Boom, boom. Bang. And that's really all you have to do to move forward. And I think it cashed in a couple of tournaments too, if I'm one of them cashed in a tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, that, these are these are four um, like double up type games. Um, but if I put if we put the DK1 cash lineup into a... GPP, it would have cashed because it did that well. Boom, boom. That's really all you need to hear right there. Come join Brodo. You got to pay a little bit. Not going to lie. It's not all the way free. The app is free. This, you got to pay for a little bit. And make your money back <laughs> right on away. us yeah. right away. Uh, uh, more coming on that later, too. Um, yeah, Michael, are you ready to get into this? I'm very excited for you to hear the, the, the voice of Donny H. More stories and more. When's the last time you heard Donny H's voice live? It's been a bit. It's been a bit. Michael, you ready? Hit me, Tim. Prepare yourself. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Good old Donny H. Good old Donny H. He never disappoints. All right, Michael. Well, speaking about... Uh, never disappoints. There never disappoint. There never seems to disappoint a week where uh, injuries. That was terrible English. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is a week never disappoints in terms of injuries. There's always going to be injuries. But uh, let's get into some of these headlines that aren't injuries to start. Uh, Kyle Shanahan says that Jimmy G will start Week Eight against the Bears. Um, Not surprising. We've been saying this all along. Yes, uh, it is a little surprising because Jimmy G hasn't really played well when given the opportunity. But neither is Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Yeah, and the weather in last night's game was pretty gross. You got to wonder if, and look, I'm Kyle Shanahan's number one fan. The, the weather was gross too. I'm Kyle Shanahan's number one fan. I really am. Number one fan. But you got to wonder if his act is getting a little tired now that everyone yeah. is kind of caught up. Like everyone kind of runs his own run scheme now and everyone kind of like does what he does with the motions. Like his shit isn't special anymore. And I don't know if it's, well, it's still special to the point where it's still top tier, but I don't know if it's special enough to make Jimmy G a Super Bowl quarterback anymore. You I, know mean, what I mean, the Niners are two and four. They they don't have Kittle. Um, Brandon Ayuk has fallen off the face of the earth. They don't have Raheem Mostert. Their defense isn't performing as great as they'd like. It's not great right now in San Francisco. I thought they were going to be a very good team this year, but 
so far not so good. And the loss of Robert Sala on the defense is something that didn't wasn't really talked about. Robert Sala was a really good defensive coach. Speaking of Robert Sala, Michael, <laughs> this is what our life has come to. The Jets have acquired Joe Flacco for a conditional sixth round pick. Yeah, I'm going to the Jets game on Sunday, so now I get to watch Joe Flacco, a quarterback. Oh, Fun. damn. Thought I was going to be seeing Zach Wilson and Joe Burrow face off on Halloween. No, I get Joe Flacco wow. and Joe Burrow. Oh, At least I can watch Jamar Chase dominate the Jets and be happy about it because Jamar Chase is the man. Jamar Chase is the man. Jamar Chase had an insane game. We're going to talk a lot about uh, We're going to talk about that. Keenan Allen did not practice on Monday. Interesting. Um, he said a- Allen was absent, though, getting dental work done and oh, will be back yeah. Wednesday. I was going to say, I didn't know Keenan Allen was like hurt like that. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I wasn't either. Uh, Chandler Jones activated from the uh, activated from the COVID IR list, which that Cardinals defense is the one defense this year where if you ended up streaming them one week or if you like like ended up picking them off the waiver wire, they're one of those defenses where it's just like a great surprise. Like you have a solid defense throughout the entire season. Yeah, I have like Arizona in like half my leagues because I did just that. Um, they had a good matchup one day, and I was like, I don't know why people are sleeping on Geno Smith showing off his legs, looking like Russell Wilson out there. Well, I don't know why people are sleeping on this Arizona defense. I think it's clear that they're a good defense, and uh, they've been great since then. Uh, every week I've ranked them well above consensus for the last like three weeks, and it's been correct every time. This is the big headline here. Packers placed Devontae Adams on the injured reserve COVID list. Yep. Not a huge deal, but... I mean, it is. They play Thursday. That's why it is. Packers are taking on the Cardinals Thursday night. Now, players who are vaccinated must return two negative COVID-19 tests 24 hours apart to be activated from the COVID reserve list. With the Packers taking on the Cardinals Thursday night, Adams is highly questionable for Week 8. Defensive coordinator Joe Barry previously tested positive, which sent the entire team into advanced COVID protocols. Um, this, This all according, again, I'm getting this from NBC Sports Edge. Um, in this in particular is from Adam Schefter. Oof, this is a tough one. Yeah. Um, if it has to basically be a false negative for him to play on Thursday, because he has to, he has to test negative Tuesday and Wednesday in order to play on Thursday, right? So like, it's what we're gonna know by Wednesday really if he's gonna be able to play or not. Unfortunate. Um, because it should be a fun Thursday game, but I mean if you. Like Jason and I in a couple of leagues that we share picked up and started Alan Lazard last week. Great, um, great pickup and start because of the bipocalypse. I also started him in Scott Fish. He might end up being a top thirty ranked wide receiver this week if Devontae Adams is out because, like, he started the season very slow, but people forget this guy was coming back off an injury that basically made last year no season for. Like he hardly played. He started off really well the first couple of weeks and then. Missed the rest of the year. So maybe he was just getting back and acclimated with the offense and back up to speed because he's been better of late. And if Devontae Adams is out, I think he's going to be a pretty strong play Thursday night. I, uh, yeah, Michael just stole my, sh- my thunder. Uh, Alan Lazard was my, is my, one of my stock ups. Uh, but I guess we'll just talk go. about him now because there's no reason to talk about another one. I think something else that we haven't talked about is MVS going on IR. That's, that's big. The MVS was the guy he split time with. And now MVS yeah. went to the IR, and now he's spending all the time on the field, Alan Lazard. Yeah, and he's not going to step off for Amari Rodgers. I no. discussed this. like Alan Lazard was one of my favorite late-round best ball picks this year. 
The reason was he's not going to step off for Amari Rodgers, who is a completely different skill set, completely different size. So Alan Lazard's going to be the main guy outside if, if Devontae Adams is forced to miss the game. It's going to be interesting because you like the main guy getting balls from Aaron Rodgers. True. Um, Nicholas Chubbleth. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Nicholas <laughs> Chubbleth. <laughs> Nick Chubb expected to play week eight against the Steelers. Barring any setbacks in practice, this is a uh, this is excellent news for the Nick Chubb manager uh, because if look that Browns backfield, if you if you consider the Ernest Johnson right, if you consider what he's done, and you consider at least uh, if he started for a team, what do you think he could be a thousand yard rusher from what you saw? I know it's only one game. <laughs> I'm just I'm just you know just to. I mean, I don't know, man. It was one game. He looked pretty good, but right. It was but do you think he has game. the capabilities? Enough capabilities, at least. I'm not going to answer that question. I don't know. I don't know yet. <sighs> Just We've play seen along. guys like Jonas Gray have 200 yard rushing. I'm going games. somewhere with this. I'd say no right now. No. Okay, I would say yes. If Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and Dearness Johnson in the same running back room, there's a, there's a argument to be made that that might be the best running back room possibly ever. Possibly ever. Hot there. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunter is already possibly the best running back room ever. Because there there hasn't been two running backs like that on the same team. I don't know. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head right now, but saying best ever is, is Best pretty, ever is up something. until like like 1995. Before that, my history is not clear enough to, uh, not, not like genuine enough to tell you yes or no. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> on to the yeah, next. I'm, I can't. I can't. Uh, Tyrod Taylor will return to practice this week. Who would have thought that we'd be loving only. that? Tyrod Taylor. That's a great. That's great news for Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I mean Brandon Cooks. He's been terrible these last few weeks. This was my fear with him. That's why I listed him as a bell hot, uh, sell high. Excuse me. After like week three, this exact situation. Davis Mills is not being able to throw him the ball even in games where they're trailing by 30 points and they have to throw because it is the NFL still. And even if you have to throw, it doesn't mean you're going to complete passes. And Davis Mills has had that one great game against New England. Otherwise, has just been out of his element, it seems, playing at the NFL level. So Tyrod Taylor, I mean, and they've been saying the whole time he's the starter when he comes back. So he'll probably be the starter when he comes back. Matt Nagy. Head coach of the Bears, tested positive for COVID-19. One of four people in the Bears organization who tested positive. Nagy was vaccinated, will need to test, uh, we already mentioned. Uh, Bears offensive coordinator Bill Lazor will likely take over as the head coach if Nagy was out for week eight. Can his laser beams do anything to get Justin Fields uh, into some sort of viable quarterback? Don't get me started. Okay. No, <laughs> no, I'm not going to trust Justin Fields. I've been saying it forever. It doesn't make any sense why you would try why you would trust Justin Fields at this point in time. It just it's there's no logical sense to it. Yeah. That offense just it's atrocious at the moment and just because Matt Nagy might not be there cuz he has COVID doesn't automatically mean they're just going to turn it around completely. You really went extreme on that one. That one you that escalated quickly. It's just I'm I'm done talking about Justin Fields as if this guy is like proven anything. Baker Mayfield didn't practice Monday. Uh, I mean, I, if I was the Browns, I wouldn't be in a rush to get Baker Mayfield back. Uh, 
Case Keenum didn't play great, but he played well enough. And you need this guy healthy. So you have a. This is why you go out and and sign a Ch- uh, Case Keenum, so you don't have to sign J- fucking. You don't have to trade for Joe Flacco in this situation. Yeah, and after that uh, performance against Denver Thursday night, I wouldn't be shocked if the Browns decide to keep Baker Mayfield on the sideline one more time, at least, to get him fully healthy and back, because clearly he was playing injured. He was not himself. And, I mean, I'm I'm not on, on the Baker Mayfield bandwagon at this point. Like, his best self might not even be all that good, but he was playing even worse trying to play through the injury, so... I don't see why they would rush him back. Uh, Michael, that is all for the news for now. News always is breaking with the NFL. Um, but with that being said, you ready to get into our first category? Always, baby. This is the, we saw that coming, things that uh, we saw coming. We could have told you, and we did. I saw that coming from a mile away. Michael, who is your first saw that coming? <clears throat> My first saw that coming is... A guy who we told you to spend fab on earlier in the season, and it's been a long wait due to injuries and such, but I liked him a lot this week um, in a not-so-good matchup on paper, but I knew this guy was just going to get a ton of work anyways. It's Elijah Mitchell, who on the ground went 18 for 107 and a touchdown, did what San Francisco RB1s do, and He's clearly the lead back. It's no question at this point. Jermichael Hasty mixed in a bit and got pass catching, some pass catching work. He actually saw six targets, which was surprising because the 49ers tend to not throw to their running backs nearly that much in a typical game. But Elijah Mitchell was clearly the lead running back. He had the, the 18 carries to Jermichael Hasty's one carry. And even in a game where they were trailing, Elijah Mitchell got a lot of work. And he's going to be a RB2 type guy the rest of the way. Yeah, Michael, I'm with you, man. I, when people spent fab on him, I, I think that was a if you needed an RB two, or you, you know, were were counting on Raheem Mostert. This is that was a guy that you had to spend up on, and you have to be happy about the performance you got uh, there. Speaking about being happy about the performance you got, Michael Pittman. That's right, Michael. Michael, let me talk to you about Michael. <laughs> Remember when I told you Michael Pittman had a great schedule coming up, and he was going to be great and you should buy him and then you wrote an article about how you should sell him i said you should sell him last week when he had a prior to last week or the week prior whatever i said you should sell him. well i'm saying after i wrote it he had like a two-point game and then he had this big big game i literally said this is what was going to happen with michael pittman tim i you you I literally said he's like, going to be up yeah, and but here's, down. Here's where it's going to be. I don't want to have to be this guy trusting him every week. This four receptions for 105 yards and a touchdown, I think it will. you won't be because he's the only guy. Who else are you going to throw to? Zach Paschal? Kiki QT? Molly Kiki QT. Kiki QT is not even on the Colts. He How is, he is on the Colts. From? What, he, had one, he had one catch for five yards. <laughs> I mean, T.Y. Hilton will come back eventually, but I, I had no idea Kiki QT was on the was on the Colts. Mo Ali Cox is someone who I think I'm going to put him in this category too. We'll have a, a double. Mo Ali Cox is a red zone machine. This is the third third time in the last four weeks that he scored a red zone touchdown. He's just bigger than everybody. I think he's someone you can rely on to score touchdowns at this point. I really do. I because Michael Pittman is not really shown to be a red zone threat. At this point in his 
in his career except on long bombs. Like, he makes these ridiculous catches. Molly Cox is just bigger than everybody. So I, he yeah. is a ginormous human. Yeah. So I think that uh, he's, he might be a sneaky, sneaky play, like kind of weakly. You'll be disappointed sometimes if he doesn't score, but he's a good chance he might score. I mean, they're using him in the red zone a bunch now, so it makes sense. It All right. It makes sense. All right, Michael. Get it, bro. The second one is someone Jason made fun of me for. I can't shit on Jason because he's not on the Monday pod besides the week that he had to fill in for me. But, man, Kendrick Bourne doing what I expected, having a game. That was some call. Ended with 13.8 half PPR fantasy points. Certainly enough for you to be happy about a plug-and-play if you had, if you were forced to go deep enough for Kendrick Bourne to be your plug-and-play because, I mean, he was (laughs) 6% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Um, I plugged and played him in two separate leagues, and he got me 13.5 fantasy points. And, look, obviously I don't expect a passing touchdown, that was a nice little boost, five points with 25 passing yards and that passing touchdown. But he also went four for 68 through the air, had a solid game against the Jets. Kendrick Bourne has now had over – he has now had double-digit PPR fantasy points for the past five weeks, which is not something you could say for every wide receiver out there. And they did give him money. They yeah. gave him a lot of money in the offseason. Like, he's been doing it in separate ways. A passing touchdown, a one-catch, 75-yard touchdown performance. But add it all up, and it's still over 10 PPR fantasy points. So, I mean, he's been a a viable flex play for over the past five weeks. I'm not saying go out and get Kendrick Bourne's stat. But, I mean, like, he's at least been viable enough where he shouldn't just be a completely forgotten man in fantasy circles like he has been when there's guys like Miko Hardman still being started. I'd take... Born over Hardman 99 times out of 99. I'm not even going to say 99 out of 100. I take Born every single time. 100 <laughs> out of 100 times. Michael, would you call him a locked and loaded PPR wide receiver three? Locked and loaded PPR <laughs> wide receiver three is only Hunter Renfro, <laughs> who was a locked and loaded wide receiver three PPR play this past week, by the way, Tim. All right. Speaking of seven for 58. Speaking of locked and loaded plays. This one, I am, uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit. And Michael's going to get oh mad boy. at me for cheating. Oh, boy. I didn't want to get angry this quick, Tim. What are you going <laughs> to do to me right now? We here as a podcast, when I was when I was on the podcast, Jason and Michael called me an idiot. For that saying, happens a lot. For saying that Ramondre Stevenson is oh, going to have gracious. a good game because of the pass work that he was going to receive and the Jets' tendency to get ridiculously nailed and hammered by Patriots pass-catching backs. Turns out Ramondre Stevenson was scratched in yeah, the pregame. That's something we had in common on Sunday, Tim, <laughs> all three of us. We, do, we Not all being on an active NFL <laughs> roster. <laughs> but Brandon Bolden, on the other hand, who actually took that role, Six receptions for 79 yards and a touchdown. Now, I know I didn't tell you to play Brandon Bolden, but (laughs) I hope that your inner fantasy player called upon itself and recognized that if it wasn't Ramondre Stevenson, it was going to be Brandon Bolden. Because, Michael, you did say on the pod on Thursday that you didn't believe in Ramondre Stevenson. One of the reasons is because he's been splitting pass-catching work with Brandon Bolden. Yeah. So... If you were to put that two, those two together, you would have put Brandon Bolden in your lineup instead with the same theory 
and you would have been happy about it. Six, like I said, six for seventy nine with a touchdown. Five touchdowns for running backs in this game for the Patriots. Damian Harris, two touchdowns. J.J. Taylor, two touchdowns. And Brandon Bolden with a touchdown. Tim, for several reasons, I do not like this choice by you. For obvious reasons, because Ramondre Steven was a healthy scratch. For lesser obvious reasons, it's because you're making yourself seem like a fraud, bro. We have several great picks every single week, and you went with the one who was a healthy scratch. I want people to because know. Because you no. chose the correct spot but not the correct player. I'm going to tell you, because the reason I, I, I picked this one is because I want people to know that the pass-catching running back for the New England Patriots, whoever it may be that week, is going to be a viable play. James White was always a viable play, and you guys always made fun of me for playing him. But he was always a viable play. And now Brandon Bolden is going to be a viable play, as long as he's not a healthy scratch for Ramondre Stevenson next week, which might happen. So keep that those two fluid. They shouldn't be a problem. If you say so, partner. Um... <laughs> Uh, that's that's both. We both got each, right? So now it's yep. the surprise, surprise. The things that we uh, did not see coming. Surprise, motherfucker. That one never gets old. Michael, who is your first surprise, surprise? Yeah, my first surprise, surprise is uh, a fun one for Tim. And that's Dearness Johnson. Yeah, who, baby. Yeah, I was not on the... Look, I had Dearness Johnson as my, uh, my number one waiver priority. So let's not act like I... Told everyone, don't add Dearness Johnson. I was just a little bit more wary than Tim was, or um, maybe Jason. I, I'm not entirely sure what Jason's stance on Dearness Johnson was. I know he ranked him a little bit higher than I did. Um, but man, Dearness Johnson balled out. 22 rush attempts, 146 rushing yards, which led the NFL. Um, right? I don't think Jonathan Taylor surpassed that last night, which means, uh, or Elijah Mitchell, even though they both went over 100, which means that they uh. They did not surpass the one and only Dearness Johnson, who also saw a couple targets, two receptions, 22 yards, and found the end zone. Had a tremendous fantasy week, over 20 uh, half PPR fantasy points. Great, great performance from Dearness Johnson. I mean, who looked, everyone was talking about how his bad 40 time. He looked quick. He looked nimble. He was making strong cuts, running over some people every now and then. Like, it was a very impressive game. He is now number one in our rushing yards over expected model. Obviously, it's only a one-game sample, but that's how good he was in that one game. Nick Chubb is expected back, reportedly, for this upcoming matchup, um, and we'll see how that plays out. But I, with Kareem Hunt out, I think Dearness Johnson 100% has allowed himself to keep a role in that offense since they've already liked using a two-back system. Sometimes you have to lose your Chubb to appreciate the Johnson you have. I saw that on Twitter today. I thought I, I thought I would give that a shot. I feel like that maybe that'll make you laugh, and then like twelve <laughs> year olds. But that's that's a good joke. It's a bad joke. That was a good joke. You're just like no, it's a bad joke. You're just like <laughs> you're just like oh, you said you you're making a, a, a an inappropriate joke. I've, I don't know. I feel like I've never really found dick jokes that funny. I yeah, I love dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Except in super bad when he's obsessed with drawing dicks. That's hilarious. That was a hilarious one, <laughs> Michael. Uh, Oh, yeah, you just gave us your first surprise surprise. I picked up and started Dearness Johnson in, like, four leagues. I was very excited about that. Yeah, you had a nice a nice Thursday. You were very happy about that while we were recording. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. Uh, and then uh, I had a good week because of that. He was, he was a really nice boost for me, although I, I need DK Metcalf to not score, like, 10 more points, and I'll, I'll, have, a, I'll have a really good week. Um, my surprise surprise was the entire Chiefs offense. Oh, boy. What the fuck happened? Like some, I, like I have no idea, dude. Sometimes, man, like you said, 
sometimes you, you put on you put in all this work. You know, like me and Michael, we're working men. You spend all day working, then we come home, we put the work in. I got a young child, a wife. Michael has a girlfriend, a life. Hey yo. You know? <laughs> Sound like some slam poetry right there. <laughs> But well, what happened to Kansas City? And we put in the work, man. We really try and predict this shit and give you guys the plays that you are going to win you games. And we put the work in. And then you put all this work in. And then sometimes, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes scores eight against the worst defense in the league. I mean, I told someone to start Geno Smith over Patrick Mahomes. So <laughs> I'm kidding. It definitely didn't happen. <laughs> Imagine. Well, uh, Mike White was also a better play than Patrick Mahomes. Uh, hey, yo. Uh, yo. That's the Jets replacement quarterback for those who don't know because 99% of you likely don't know and I do not blame you at all for that. Yes, yeah, uh something that we wouldn't know if we weren't Jets fans. Yeah. Um yeah, but dude, no obviously when Patrick Mahomes struggles, the way he struggled against this defense who speaking of the Jets, Zach Wilson carved them up. A rookie in True. his fourth game, you know, or third game. They did get Bud Dupree back, which definitely helps, but it's not like this team Unless Bud like, Dupree is like Lawrence thanks. Taylor. Bud Dupree's a good linebacker. Let's not act like uh, Bud Dupree's not good. He's but. the difference between Zach Wilson, two touchdowns, and Patrick Mahomes, eight fantasy points? You saw it. You saw it happen. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, this, Don't blame the messenger. Tyreek Hill. I, I played so many DFS lineups where I stacked Mahomes and Hill. And it was just like death. I mean, on paper, it seemed great. It was the first time in the Patrick Mahomes era that the Kansas City Chiefs did not score a touchdown. An offensive touchdown, that is. Absolutely absurd. Unbelievable. I was just waiting. Like, they were getting crushed in the first half. I'm like, all right, don't worry. Travis Kelsey, Terry yeah. Kill, Patrick Mahomes, they'll have a big second half. No. That, and that's what's I, most concerning. Chad Henney had to come in and replace Patrick Mahomes. Like, they they waved the white flag. They were like, all right, I guess we lost this one. They're three and four, dude. It's, the Chiefs. Yeah. You, you know, it's it always tends to happen like the Super Bowl hangover, man. The team that loses the Super Bowl, always the next year, no matter how good they are, no matter how great their players are, they always tend to struggle every single year. I guess this year is no different. Michael, who's your second surprise surprise? Uh, my second surprise surprise, Tim, is a uh, <clears throat> a duo of top five ranked running backs on the week who, during the apocalypse, a lot of people expected these two to carry their squads. And if they did... They were not super happy about it, and that is the combo of Aaron Jones, who went six rushes for 19 yards Ugh. and five for 20 through the air for a whopping 6.4 half PPR fantasy points. It's his first really bad game in a, in a minute. Yeah, since week one, that was by far his worst game. Yeah, And then the other one in what seemed like a tremendous matchup in all aspects, including points over expected, Daryl Henderson Jr., who went 15 for 45 on the ground. And on six targets, went three for 19 through the air, ended with 7.9 half PPR fantasy points. Both of these guys were widely ranked as top five to seven running backs this week, easily. Top five, I think, is more accurate because of Bipocalypse. And both of them uh, had very, very much down games that uh, certainly shocked me. I thought Aaron Jones was in line for one of his patented ginormous Aaron Jones games, and I thought Daryl Henderson who's been an absolute lock every single week for 15-plus fantasy points, or at least around that number, for him to have his first stinker against the Lions was certainly a shock and was surprising to me as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another surprise that was, I think, the most surprising thing to me this week 
Joe Burrow. And Joseph Burrow. Joe Burrow was the and the Bengals offense overall, but mostly Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, just so you guys know, because he's been a really good real life quarterback and his team has been winning. But in terms of fantasy finishes, he's only been a QB one twice in the first six weeks this season, and his highest finish was QB nine. Like, that's not you know, that's that's not a guy that you need to start every week. It's a guy that you can pick up on the waiver wire that's a you know, Kirk Cousins type in the past, like, you know, just a regular Matt Ryan type. No. What does he do this week? He's QB2, and he saves it for at Baltimore, who just shut down Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Justin Herbert. And then he comes through and just dominates them. Over 400 passing yards, three touchdowns. Dude. That was a performance that it's getting people really excited, and I I did not see that coming at all. I I was I dropped Joe Burrow for for Tua this week, and I'm regretting it. Od Jason picked him up and got a a great start because uh, Kirk Cousins is on by, but I'm I'm regretting it a lot. And it seems as though Joe Burrow kind of put the league on notice that hey, I haven't been passing a lot, but when I need to pass a lot, we out here. Yeah. Joe Burrow absolutely dominated. And look, a lot of it also had to do with the ridiculousness of Jamar Chase, especially on that 84-yard touchdown. But we, you can't take that away from how well Joe Burrow played. And they made a statement yesterday dominating the Baltimore Ravens, showing that the uh, the Bengals look like they're actually a force to be reckoned with this season. They have a bye in the playoffs if the playoffs started today. Crazy These Cincinnati Bengals. Um Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Fucking Joe Mixon, man. Snuck in a garbage time touchdown when the game was already over. Yeah. Saved his day. Samaje Piran had more points than him, though. <laughs> he had that one big play, Samaje Piran, though. So. Yeah. I mean, Joe Mixon had that one big play, too. That's true. <laughs> um, What do you say, Michael? Time to move on? Moving on up. Let's go to our stock rising. Whose guys are on the rise? Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. John. (laughs) John. Right now, John. Who's your first stock up, John? My first stock up. We were just touching on the man. Is Mr. Jamar Chase. Oh, thank God. He was an absolute superstar already. And I think has established himself at this point as a locked and loaded wide receiver one. Without a doubt. And I don't think that's really any question because... All your worries about T. Higgins (laughs) taking his workload? Ha! And T. Higgins saw, like, 15 targets himself. It doesn't matter. Like, we've said multiple times, we think they're both alpha guys. Like, they both can thrive in this offense. And... Look, week one, he had that long touchdown, right? People were like, oh, we need more targets. Week two, he had the long touchdown, only saw four targets. Oh, we need more targets. Week three, had two touchdowns, but he only saw five targets. Oh, it's going to go with Jamar Chase. Is he going to regress because he's not seeing that many targets? Jacksonville, then, he sees nine targets. Green Bay, ten targets. Detroit, six targets. Baltimore, ten targets. As you can see, it is trending up, and the... Cincinnati Bengals are also now first in the league since week four in neutral pass percentage, meaning like not when they're down by 20 or up by 20. 
and games that are close. They're now first in the league in pass percentage, and that has absolutely translated um, in terms of fantasy for Jamar Chase as well because he wasn't really getting that much work the first several weeks and was still dominating, and now he is getting more work and just continues to dominate. Put up over 30 half PPR fantasy points this past week against Baltimore. A 200-yard performance? Are you kidding me? 201 yards. 201. 8 201 and a touchdown. Absolute superstar who's a locked and loaded wide receiver one going forward. I got to say, this is one of my bigger misses of the offseason. I, I thought he had a chance to be good around this time, but I could have never seen this type of sustained success for Jamar Chase. Michael, though, because he's a humble guy, he won't mention it, did. Michael was telling everyone, draft Jamar Chase, draft Jamar Chase. Oh, he can't catch in the preseason. I don't care. Yeah. Draft Jamar Chase. Oh, he can't. Blah, blah, blah. Draft Jamar Chase. That was one of the instances where drafting late helped because earlier in the offseason, he was going like the fourth round. Even that would have been a steal at this point. But I was like, damn, that's really early for a, a rookie. And then he started falling to like the sixth, seventh round. And I was like, at that point, I'm 100% taking a chance. Like, well, if you get like four or five established players on your team and then take a high upside shot like that, that's super appealing, which is why I did it in several leagues. And why you're in first place in the, in our league. Correct. Uh, speaking of a great wide receiver, uh, we mentioned on the pod, like, everyone who was kind of like giving up on A.J. Brown were just like, relax. Be patient. He had an injury. He was coming back. He had himself... Uh, an all right game. He had a good second half. He's working his way back. Boom. A.J. Brown, eight catches for 133 yards and a touchdown. Most importantly, though, and you can't really quantify this, he made some swag catches. What are swag catches? Swag catches are those catches where you catch them on the sidelines, you put the tippy toes in, you catch it on someone's head, you catch it in traffic, you catch it in a defender, you take it away from a defender. He had a couple of those swag catches where he's like, I'm better than you. And I think those type of catches are the ones that bring momentum with them. So I think A.J. Brown, not only because he had a great game, is his stock rising, but because he's going to continue having great games. Uh, on, the, on the strength of the swag catches. Um, and, he, and he had food poisoning. He went to Chipotle. And yeah. yet for five days, bro, couldn't eat. He said that him and Chipotle might do a commercial. Really? Yeah. And like That's something terrible. about it. And then someone's like, oh, so you're going to eat it again? You're giving him a second chance? He goes, oh, no, 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 no. Never again, sir. Never again. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Michael, who's your second guy? Yeah. I mean, it seems odd to do a commercial if you're never going to eat there again. But Well, Tom Brady did a Subway commercial, which for some reason, every time that commercial comes on, my TV's on mute. I, I'm still yet to see that commercial in like with volume. So I don't know what he's talking about, but uh, I do know that. He's in a commercial for Subway, which he definitely doesn't eat 1,000% for sure. <laughs> this one's for you, Tim. This one's certainly for you because I care about you so much. I'm sure. Michael's about to, to like flex on me in some way. Kyle Pitts. Yo. Eight targets, seven receptions, 163 yards, lined up out wide over 30% of the time last week. Is basically now the Mike Asicki of the Atlanta Falcons offense. Relax. Basically, there those percentages are flipped with Mike Kosicki. Don't you stop stop it. Mike Kosicki is actually is a wide now receiver. Basically, they'll over the last two weeks he has eighteen targets. Tim, okay, but that doesn't mean he's a wide targets, receiver. He's a still a tight end. Seventeen, excuse me, sixteen receptions, 
You listening? I'm listening to you, yes. 282 receiving yards and a touchdown over the last two weeks, including out of the bye, which you always love to say that's when rookies get more right. involved You're is right. out of the bye. You're right. In the tight end landscape, that's absolutely atrocious. Kyle Pitts has, I don't know how you could possibly say his stock isn't rising after these last two performances. For me, I would try and trade Kyle Pitts immediately if if I could get something in a, in a package that got me like a Mark Andrews and like a, and like a, something else back, I would trade him because you did this against the Jets, one of the worst defenses in football in London when your top two receivers were out, so you were the number one option, and then you did it to the Dolphins, who are legitimately the number one worst defense in football bar none. Like, yo, that, they might as well be playing 10 players in Miami right now. So, color me unimpressed. Much for Calvin Ridley, color me right? unimpressed until I see something. Until you see something. Goodness gracious. Calvin really scored a touchdown. He had a, good, he had a decent game. The, the one-handed catch on the sideline wasn't impressive enough for Look, you? Look, he's a good player. I just still don't believe in the role. He's a good player. I think next year, you'll probably draft him in the third round, but he'll probably be a good pick. And Calvin Ridley went four for twenty six and a touchdown. So, all right. So he didn't not ideal. A, he didn't have the worst game. Also, Tyler Lockett has not caught a pass since I uh, since I spoke about him. I told you, man. You were way too confident. You're talking about Geno Smith here. We've we've lived this. We've lived this. That's true. <laughs> Michael, who's your second? Oh no, I'm I'm gonna go second. Yep. My second guy is shout out to our newest member of the Brodo fam. Well, he's a member of the Brodo fam, but our newest. Promoted promotion. <laughs> Lead writer Matt Ward. He's been putting in a ton of work. Great guy. Great character guy. We knew we needed him in the organization, so he's in the organization now. Lead writer for the Brodo staff. We could not be any prouder and any like happier to have him on. This this guy, when he interviewed with us, he was like, "I'm just I, I'm 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 excited." We're like, "Hey, let's give him a chance." And then he ended up being a star, an absolute star. And he's an even better dude. So congratulations to Matt Ward. And one of the reasons why, one of the things he said that at the time you'd be like, all right, whatever, you know, this is this is fine. Uh, this he he gives good reasons, but what are the odds that this comes true? Is that Khalil Herbert was a was a player to keep an eye on. One of the secret handcuffs that is going to do you well. And Khalil Herbert went and put a hundred yards on the Buccaneers. Yep, eighteen for a hundred. With Justin Fields struggling, having his best game, in besides the three interceptions, um, but definitely struggling. Yeah, I was about to get pissed at you, Tim. Yeah, but like he he was twenty two for thirty two. It's not like he was throwing incomplete passes all, all over the place. But anyway, oh goodness. Um, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He completed passes at the very least. Khalil Herbert though went eighteen for a hundred and had a good game. If you started him, you were very happy about it. He also caught five passes for thirty three yards. And this is against the Bucks defense. I'm going to say that again. And it's not like they were they were the safeties weren't in the box. This was just a good performance by Khalil Herbert. And if you picked up Khalil Herbert, look, he outsnapped Damian Williams. He outproduced Damian Williams. It wasn't really even close. Damian Williams only had three carries. So Herbert took over that backfield. Yeah, he just took it over. There was no reason to go away from him. He was doing well. As Tyler Lockett just missed out on a big 
yeah. on a big catch. If you don't know already, like we mentioned it, we watched the Monday Night Football. Oh, he just straight up dropped it. Yeah. yeah. We, watched the, we watched the Monday Night Football game after. Well, he didn't just drop it. He got tipped. After, while we're doing this. So if you hear us break into. Because I was thinking before you, you broke into just like a Geno Smith showing the wheels in the middle of something. And then you just <laughs> continue talking. Like if people don't know we're watching right now, they'd, they'd be like, what the hell just happened? Was that like a glitch in the Matrix? Um, yeah, but a glitch in the Matrix is Khalil Herbert. Uh, again, shout out to Matt Ward, uh, the lead writer at BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Broto app. Uh, Michael, who is your third stock rising? Yeah, let's end it off, shall we? The last stock rising is someone who, this might seem a little odd because it's like he's already been great. What do you mean a stock is rising? <clears throat> but I want Debo Samuel on this one. Uh, what? Because... Out of a bye week in a rainstorm a rainstorm type game where they could not get anything going, this guy still on eleven targets, on seven receptions, a hundred yards, and a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk remained nowhere close to being relevant. Trent Sherfield and Mohamed Sanu, same. Ross Dwelly only had one reception. This is Debo Samuel's team when it comes to catching passes. Doesn't matter who's at quarterback, it seems, um, for Debo, who just continues to dominate. Great game against Indy. Seven for 100 and a touchdown. You, there's no way you could complain about that. He lost the fumble, but whatever. Just continues to be a star this year. And every every week, I feel like people doubt him because it's like, oh, this is the week he's going to come back down to earth because, you know, he's on the 49ers. They, they run the ball. They spread it out a lot. Their quarterback isn't great, whether it's Jimmy G or Lance. But and Debo Samuel just continues to keep responding to the haters by having big fantasy games and just big games in general. He's a great player. So, yeah, he's my stock up because he he's another one like Chase at this point. If you don't rank Debo Samuel in your top 15 wide receivers every week, you're just not believing in anything that's happened through the first seven weeks of the season. Michael, we already went over our, my last guy, Alan Lazard. Uh, uh, nice, nice. So let's get into the stock falling down, down, down. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Oof. The scary noises of the stock down segment. I'm now English. Michael, who's your first? Thank you. My first stock down, Tim, is a guy who... I've I've discussed it multiple times for the same reason, basically, over the last couple of years, which is why I, don't, I haven't rostered him for the last couple of years because of injuries and age, even though he used to be a star and still has a chance to be a star when healthy, but it's just... Not looking that way anymore, and that's Julio Jones, who over the fast, past five weeks has scored 6.2, injured, didn't play, injured, didn't play, 7.4, and 4.8. He has one game through seven weeks over 7.5, 7.4 half PPR fantasy points. We were excited. Like, everyone was excited about what he could do in Tennessee with the true value king, Ryan Tannehill, opposite of A.J. Brown. But it just hasn't worked. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, at this point, he's basically just like a shell of his former self. 
And this dude, like, playing through injury yet again. It just it's it's upsetting because it's Julio Jones, but I don't know how you could start him and be happy about it at this point. See, I I partially agree with you on this one, Michael. I see how he like you're disappointed, but his stock being down, I think yes. his stock is up. That's that's because really his stock was already down. His his stock from preseason it's down right now, but he was injured, but he got through the whole game. He made a couple of nice catches. He had four receptions. It's his first game back. Two receptions, two receptions, 38 yards. He played last week. What are you talking about? He played against Buffalo. Had three receptions left early. Played against KC. Playing through the injury and two receptions and 38 yards. Why would he want to have to deal with that? Because he made it through the game. That's not a good thing. But it's the first game he made it through. I think that's a a little bit of a stock up from where it was. It's not the first game he's made it through. Since the injury. What an errant... Idiot pass that was by Geno Smith just now. Geno Smith just threw it across his body on the run, like f- like 50 yards across the field. Yeah, he did. And I think it might have been a pick, and it was. That's a pick. It's a nice catch. It's a nice catch. Is that Lattimore? I don't, I don't know. No, it's not Lattimore. Oh, he loses it on the floor, though. Nah, does he? He does, yeah. We're about, we're about to find out. <laughs> All right, uh, my first stock falling is Antonio Gibson. Uh, Antonio Gibson was out snapped forty three to thirty by J D McKissick, and the Attorney General, huh? This is a problem. Get it, A G? Sorry, because Antonio Gibson not only look, yeah, he only had thirty snaps, but the guy scored fourteen carries on his thirty snaps. So, you know, if you're getting fourteen carries, I can't be mad at you. The problem is he only had fifty one yards and didn't score a touchdown, and was again largely ineffective. And there's been two Antonio Gibsons this year. The beginning Antonio Gibson, and then the guy with the broken shin that continues to play through this injury. And he has not been the same since. And the Washington, the one of the reasons why you liked Antonio Gibson coming into the year was you figured he would be the running back for a team who was having these defensive battles. And wasn't getting blown out. But they're not. This Washington defense sucks. And they had their best game of the year, and they still got creamed by by two touchdowns. Yep. So Tyler Haneke, you know, God bless his soul. He's like he's athletic and he like he tries his hardest, but he's just he's it's, he's not it. It's a it's a really bad situation right now for Antonio Gibson, where you're in this purgatory. He's ineffective but he's getting the the work do you continue to let him plug up your lineup because he's he's like last year's josh jacobs very like very similar except not as good yeah except he hasn't really had those <clears throat> blow up type games at the same rate as jacobs yeah no way yeah it's upsetting i mean i don't know how you sit antonio gibson unless you're stacked at the running back exactly with the way the running back landscape is that's the that's the worst part is, is that if you have him you have to play him I just traded, but him he is in just a couple leagues. weeks out of three straight games with at least fourteen and a half half PPR fantasy points. So, but, but like, it's see, the, the, the thing injury is, that is concerning. It's the injury, uh, the injury, a bye week approaching would should probably help him. It's probably good that the bye week is week nine. Um, I mean, what Washington probably should do is sit him this week against Denver, then let him sit through the bye week and give him two weeks rest. But I don't see that happening. 
I had I might have to do that, Michael. Uh, this Sunday I re-injured my my hamstring. I was having a good game, and then I re-injured my hamstring. I might right and, now, and we have a bye week in two weeks. Yes. So I might have to sit this game out and just make it a two week recovery. This guy. This but guy. I'm I'm gonna try not to. I've been rehabbing. Uh, Michael, who's your second? Who's your second stock falling? My so- my second stock down is another uh, tip of the cap to Tim here because I've just been very happy with Tim today, and I I want to give him some credit, and that's Sam Darnold. Uh. <laughs> 111 passing yards, interception, and a benching for P.J. Walker. That was Sam Darnold's day, in which the Carolina Panthers scored three points against the New York Giants. He now has three straight games of 9.08, 16.08, and 3.44 fantasy points. The glory days of the first several weeks of the season are well behind him at this point with all of his rushing touchdowns. He had five, He led the league in rushing touchdowns through the first four weeks with five rushing touchdowns, and all the shine and sparkle and glamour is completely completely gone at this point. He threw for 279 yards, 305, 304, and 301 the first four weeks. Since then, 177, 207, and 111. Yuck. Just yuck at this point for Sam Darnold. Continues to not impress. Seven passing touchdowns to eight interceptions now on the season. And whenever you get benched during a game, it's not good. No, I, I, w- I would say getting benched during the game is, is not a not good, good thing to happen. Um, I'll tell you what's not another good thing to happen. Let's keep it in the Panthers family. The Panthers family. Playing Robbie Anderson. I'm not going to lie. This has to be some next level inefficiency out of Robbie Anderson, man. When I saw him get 11 targets and only three receptions last week, I'm like, but he's getting 11 targets. Followed by s- the la- Oh, my God. This is really... You know, looking at the numbers closely, it's like even worse than you expect. Since week four, in week four, he had 11 targets, only five catches for 50 yards. Seven targets in week five, two catches for 30 yards. 11 targets in week six, three for 11. Caught a TD, though. And then nine targets, three receptions for 14 yards. I picked up and started Robbie Anderson this week like, oh, man, he's he's getting the targets. It's a, it's a good matchup. He's going to be good. Stupid ass. Womp, womp, womp. What is going on with Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold? These guys are supposed to be the guys who they knew each other. They had this chemistry. People forgot, uh, or not forgot, just didn't take into account the fact that they sucked when <laughs> they were with each other. I wouldn't say they so sucked. So not much has changed. I wouldn't say they sucked, but they weren't great. <laughs> They had one good stretch to close out, what, the 2018 season? 19. Got everyone hyped for the 2019 season. No, it was the 2018 season. Because then everyone got hyped for the 2019 season when he was a mid-round fantasy pick, his highest ever, even higher than this past season. And they sucked together at that point, too. So everyone's just basing it off like a good three, four-game stretch to close out 2018. Well, those people are making a mistake. Clearly. Uh, Michael, who's your last stock falling? Yeah, closing this one out, F-Theme, not making fun of you. Alvin Kamara. Alvin. For the touchy. A running back who Jason absolutely, like if Mike Davis, oh, I just gave it away, but if Mike Davis was listening to last week's preview pod, he maybe would have 
gotten upset at the way Jason was talking about him. That's how. That's how. Like angry Jason got about Mike Davis. He was like, Cause "This guy's being ranked as a top fifteen running back. What a joke!" Do people forget that he's absolute trash? He went four rushes <laughs> for ten yards. That's it on the day. Out of the bye, Cordero Patterson completely took over. Fourteen rushes for sixty yards, five targets, only two receptions, and one yard through the air, which was surprising. But he was the goal line back too. Yeah, but fourteen rushes for sixty yards compared to Mike Davis's. Four rushes. So, 19 opportunities to four for Davis. Cordero Patterson basically took over. And that's that. Mike Davis, obviously his stock is down because there you just cannot trust him anymore. No. Not even. It's like a flex play. No. I can't can't play Mike Davis. And my, Jason, if you missed Monday's episode, Jason, before I even got into the Falcons, was like, stop, 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 stop. And just went on a rant about how Mike Davis is just the most overrated player maybe he's ever seen uh, in terms of, like, ranking in fantasy. There's some respected people who were, who were like, yeah, Mike Davis, stardom, for sure. Yeah, it was silly stuff. I mean, I thought Mike Davis was a decent player. I ranked him, like, RB28. Like, yeah. I, I mean, he wasn't RB15, but he should have been a decent player against Miami. He just he got lost in the shuffle. He got He's out after the bye week. He's gone. That's what it seems. Speaking of least. speaking of out, gone. Allen Robinson. Bro. This was supposed to be the week. This was supposed to be the week that Allen so Robinson. So was week six, so was week five, so nah, was nah, nah. Need to keep going. No, no, no. Because in week <laughs> six, he faced the Packers. Yeah, you're right. The Raiders. You're right. The Lions. Couldn't do it against any of these teams. The Buccaneers. <coughs> We're a great matchup. And the Bears play the Niners and the Steelers in the next two games. On paper, good matchups. On paper. On paper. Great matchups. Allen Robinson might be a drop candidate at this point. If I needed room on my team, I might have to drop Allen Robinson. It's come to that point. Well, it's it's gone. It has to the, come to that point, people. Justin uh. Fields completed twenty-two passes. Twenty-two. Allen Robinson was two of those. He completed twenty passes to people not named Allen Robinson. And it's not like Darnell Mooney had a good game. Two for thirty-nine. Cole Komet went five for forty-three. That was the best game. Jesse James caught three balls. Marquise Goodwin caught two balls. Demir Bird caught a ball. It was just, you know, Justin Fields is figuring it out. It's going to be ugly. And I don't know how you can play Allen Robinson moving forward. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You just can't do it. Same with Darnell Mooney, whoever wants to be a thing so bad. Yeah, everyone talks about Darnell Mooney as if they're certain that he's going to do good this week. Like, oh, this is the week for sure. It's kind of like, the, it's kind of like me, Cole Hardman. Uh, with that being said, that is all, Michael. The Monday review episode, the light fun review episode, as Michael likes to remind us. Yeah, yeah. Michael, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. You can find Jason at Brodo FF Jason. You can find Cass at Brodo FF Casanova. See what we did there? Branding. At Brodo Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. Michael, I really hope Tyler Lockett gets this over so uh, you don't look like a uh, a Jekka Ayas. Yeah. 
Let's go Seattle in the second half. Peace, everyone. Later.